And we're back, Stripe Show podcast on a Monday. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. It is Masters Week. Perhaps you've heard of that tournament. It's up here just north of me, Augusta, Georgia. Best players in the world are there, including a man by the name of Tiger Woods, folks. He's on site, and uh, he's going to see if he can give it a go. He's he's feeling good. He's looking good. The smiles from ear to ear weather looks pretty warm here early in the week, and then it gets a little bit chillier as the week goes on. Chance of rain on Thursday with some wind. I think we're going to see some wind at Augusta this year, so it's going to be a tough test. Hopefully, Tiger can get it to the finish line and get on that first tee to break it all down. The Masters, but also I want to look back a little bit. Valero, Texas Open. He was on the call. The main color guy for Golf Channel and analyst, Kurt Byram. How you doing? Great, Travis. Great to be with you. Well, it was, I want to start with the Valero, Texas Open. I got to tell you, I've played that course a couple times. We had a tour academy there at TPC San Antonio right when that place opened. And I played the Oaks course and it blew about 30. (laughs) And I thought about walking off the golf course on the eighth hole and never playing golf again (laughs) because that (laughs) course was beating us like a drum. Now the wind didn't blow that much, but I'm curious, Kurt, what do you, what do you, what do you make of that course? The Oaks course at San Antonio. It's a big time challenge for those players on the PGA tour. They have, since you played there that day, I'm sure they've cleared out some of the areas in the, the natural, you know, the hill country stuff off the fairways there. So you can kind of get it back and play a lot of times. But back when you played it, it was either in the green grass or it was out of play and lost ball pretty much. So it, it I wouldn't say it's a lot easier, but it's definitely easier than it was back in the day. But it's a, I think it's a great test of golf. Mm-hmm. And the, it's one of the, you know, I wouldn't say the few venues but it is definitely one of the venues that they have to drive the ball fairly straight it's not just about length and i think you see that with the guys that win there Um, they have great weeks with the driver and Mm -hmm. it really pays off but really you have to have all parts of your game working there at that oaks course to win yeah he did and and jj spawn got his first win and he had all parts working Uh, to your point he was positive in you know all the strokes gain metrics he was two and a half positive off the tee just under three approach just over three around the green and then he had a good putting week coming off really back-to-back poor putting weeks he was positive three tell my audience about jj spawn you know i know he's he's 31 i remember when he was at san diego state but he's been on tour since 2000 16 had a little bit of early success but then some dark times as he referred to in his interview tell my audience about uh, jj spawn a little bit well he's a really good story travis um he lives right here in scottsdale i see him all the time we occasionally play golf um when everybody's around kind of in uh you know the off season whatever little bit that is in december but um he's a really good guy obviously he's uh he's come up through the ranks he First started his professional career, he played in the McKenzie Tour up in Canada. He was their player of the year one year. Then he got his his Corn Ferry Tour card, went from there, got his card from there, went to the PGA Tour. And and one of the things that, you know, we don't talk about a whole lot is that um, he didn't realize when he first got on tour, he played really well his first year. He was okay his second year. Then things started falling off. He wasn't feeling well or whatever, and he got – 
diagnosed as diabetic. And then the original diagnosis was wrong. And, you know, I'm not a diabetes expert, but they had whatever the number was, it was wrong. And then they figured out that he was actually the other way, the, the, the other diabetes. I think it was, they diagnosed him with diabetes two and he was actually one. So once they got that all figured out, it took a while, you know, he started gaining his strength back and started uh, being able to practice hard again. He's made some nice improvements in his golf swing here in the last year or so. I think the, the results didn't really show that he was getting better and better and better. And then um, just here lately, his putting has started to improve, obviously last week. It, and I think that was the one thing. His ball striking was here. He gained his distance back that he lost when he was feeling bad. And um, I think it just kind of all came together and gelled on a golf course that fits his game. Um, drive it straight, hit a lot of greens in regulation. Um, and then the putter came together for him at the right time. And, mm -hmm. you know, after starting that last round with a double bogey, I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, how is a guy who's never won before on the PGA Tour, how is he going to be, be able to overcome that mentally? Um, but he did, and he yeah. hung in there, and he really made no mistakes from the first hole on and played some great golf. So really proud of what he did. You know, we see him a lot around here. He and Matt Jones are both good friends of mine. I see him. I play with Matt Jones once in a while as well. We play as groups together around here. So I was really happy for Matt Jones uh, finishing second as well. Yeah, they both uh, – well, Matt Jones was <clears throat> really kind of the only one that was – making the run uh, up the leaderboard you know Kucher was yeah. trying and then he would just hit a weird chip and make a silly bogey and so yeah it kind of it kind of fell his way and he certainly deserves it to your point he, he is a solid driver a little bit of a kind of a throwback fairways and greens kind of guy he's not going to overpower you he's like 292 right. but like you said he's accurate and his yeah. iron play has seemed to has settled in you know, pretty nicely to your point with the swing changes, his short game mm -hmm. is, is usually pretty good. Although early in the year, he seemed to struggle, but I, I can, to your point, as I kind of look through his chart here, it looks like his putting started to turn at the end of last year. And he's been pretty darn solid until, you know, you can kind of throw the players out. That was just such an odd week. And I think then, he was uh, on the, I think he might've been on the wrong side of the draw. He was on the wrong side. Well. He, I'll tell you what, win. if he putts at all at Valspar, he probably has a chance to win because he hit the ball so good. Yeah. And, you know, the one thing he does, Travis, and I'll just interject for a second, you know, it's a, uh, it's sort of a, I don't know if it's a lesson for good players or guys that haven't quite gotten, you know, over the hump with the, the driving. And, you know, when we talk about on the air, when a, when a player tells us, He's trying to eliminate the left side of the golf course or the right side of a golf course if they're aiming right and trying to play a draw. A lot of times, you know, on the air, we're just repeating what they're telling us. Mm -hmm. And JJ's one of those guys. And uh, a lot of guys, actually, you know, this last week, which was kind of a coincidence, I think, but they talked about trying to eliminate the left side. And that's JJ Spawn. He's a mm -hmm. cutter. And when he can aim down that left side of the fairway, he's going to occasionally hit one left. But that's his go-to shot. And when you have confidence in that kind of a shot on a tight golf course, it gives you that entire fairway to hit that fade from the left edge of the fairway into, you know, wherever. You're going to miss a few fairways. But overall, man, when you have that, that shot, you can really depend on. It's a, it's a great thing to have. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we, we see a lot of guys, you know, just <clears throat> predominantly, you know, kind of bleed it left to right off of the tee. And, and Spawn's certainly one of those. Kind of an underrated swing, very, very simple swing, kind of up and down the yep. plane. It doesn't really have a whole lot of shift to it. And, no. and he just rotates and lets it fall to the right time and time again. So he'll be in Augusta. I mean, he's changing plans, awesome. folks. You know, let's uh, – <laughs> Hopefully somebody held on to a room for him because he's going to need it with that little one as well. So they're all heading up to Augusta. And, of course, the rest of them are there. They're getting ready to go. Another guy that was in the field at Valera, I want to ask you about, Jordan Spieth. Of course, he wins the 2015 Masters, and he likes this place. T35 at Valero. He was the defending champ last week. That 67 had to feel pretty good on Sunday, but his putter was really a mess most of the week. I just... I watch Jordan. I know he's a genius. I know he's just an incredible player, right? We saw him at his peak when he's winning major championships. Then he loses his swing and his putter, and now he's trying to fight his way back, which he's able to do and be relevant again. But it's not the same version of Jordan that we've seen. It looks like he's just holding it together. He's thinking a lot in his swing. You can see the rehearsals. Mm -hmm. He's there. He's making cuts. He's relevant. I just have a hard time wrapping my arms around where are we at with Jordan? How, how do you see it, Kurt? I actually think it's pretty simple, Travis. Um, you know, at, at this point, the stats don't really lie. You've played enough golf now in this season going back to last fall. And then when you look at his stats, his putting for him is mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah. When Jordan Spieth is losing strokes gained to the average guy in the field putting, then that's the problem. I mean, his say what you want. You know what? You may not like that rehearsal that he does before he hits full shots, whether it's a driver or a seven iron or whatever, but he's found a way that's work. His, his actually his ball striking stats are pretty solid overall, you know, and, and it's never, I, I would almost say it's never been pretty with him, you know, <laughs> but when you putt like he did mm-hmm. for all those years, when he was winning those major championships and win tournaments, um, that was that was like the ace in the hole for him. And right now, he is struggling with that putt. He shot 67 mm-hmm. the last day. I don't know if you saw it. We we had him on on our show in the morning in the Golf Channel. He hit it five feet on 18 to shoot 66 and missed it. And it was just, just like kind of, you know, that's what his week was about. He's just not making the putts. And you go back to, you know, that there was one year there from, I think it was 20 to 25 feet. He was making 30% of those putts. Mm-hmm. It was like 25 to 30% of those, which is, is amazing. Um, but if you look at 10 to 15, 15 to 20 feet, 20 to 25 feet, all those areas, he's way over 100 in yep. ranking. So I think it just boils down to putting. And when he gets to Augusta, does that all change? Because that's sort of his – he's won there. He loves yep. it there. It's a playground. The greens are really tough to putt with all the slope and undulation maybe the magic comes back but if he doesn't putt well i don't see him having any chance to win now to your point he he was positive 6.2 in approach at valero gosh he lost seven with the flat stick it's been it's been up and down certainly in the 2022 calendar year um with the flat stick the driver seems to be in play he is longer that that's the you can definitely see the additional seven eight nine yards um off of the tee what what do you what do you pinpoint it to with his putting do you think it's just a little distance control or do you think it's kind of a little line as well 
you know, when you, when you I, I haven't really talked to him directly mm -hmm. about it, but when you see interviews and you read the stuff that he's putting out there that he's saying to other people, a lot of times it's just a comfort thing for him. You know, mm -hmm. it's like his eyes see one thing, but he's lined up a little different or, you know, it's like there's a, the ball position is a little different and it's not, it's comfortable. It seems to me it's so much a comfort thing for him with his putter. Uh, and then, you know, when you're not making putts, even the best putters in the world, if they miss putts long enough, they lose their confidence in that. Yep. And then getting it back is a tough thing because you can tell yourself you're a great putter all you want, but if the ball's not going in the hole, how do you, you know, if the results aren't there, how do you convince yourself that you're a great putter? And when that goes long enough and you lose confidence, it's just really hard to get that back. I just really think it boils down to the putter for him yep. right now. And I think he's in play enough off the tee. His approach game's usually solid. I just think until he starts making some, until he starts seeing that ball go in the hole again and starts walking some of those putts in like we've seen him mm -hmm. in past years, I think it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. Yeah, Spieth and Ron both you could probably put in that category. And that's just, like, I, I don't worry about Spieth if that's the case, you know, because I think his putting will come back. He'll see the ball come in and, and go in. It's just when he, I don't know, that the ball striking has definitely been better. I think at the end of last year, he kind of lost it again. Now he seemed to piece it back together. I'll tell you this, I, I got a lot of respect for the guy. I, I really do. I mean, he is a grinder. He's a fighter, and he has dug himself out of the hole and is relevant again. And yeah. you do get the feeling though, he, he could go to Augusta and he starts pouring it in from 20 feet. He will be on the first page of the leaderboard. There's no question about that. That's the thing, you know, yeah. these guys kind of like when Mickelson, he would be playing so poorly leading up to Augusta. And then all of a sudden he would go to Augusta national, the masters. And all of a sudden these guys find it again. And, mm -hmm. and that's the thing. I mean, he could, he could go there and the old good memories of, of how well he's played there. And the, the, the year that he won there could all come back to Jordan Spieth and that confidence could come back, especially if the first day he goes out and shoots a good score. It's a little windy, you know, and, and he makes a bunch of putts, makes a bunch of 10, 12 footers for birdie. Um, it, it, Sometimes all it takes is one round. Maybe the round at Valero gets him going again. You know, yeah. you never know. Yeah, that's always good to have a 67, to your point. Could have been 66 if he if he knocks that in. I'm glad he didn't because I had a head-to-head -head with him and Corey Connors, and they both shot 67 <laughs> and tied. So he saved me. I think they were um, playing together, right? Yeah, they were playing were. together that last night. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was falling all the way to the end, and they, and, uh, they both shot 67 and tied. So anyway, let me ask you about Rory. I thought kind of a weird start, maybe, at Valero. Um, didn't play the match play. Goes to Valero. I wasn't expecting much. Um, misses the cut. Now he goes up to a Masters, and, you know, the first question people are going to ask him, how much do you think about the uh, the career Grand Slam and, and, and this and that? You know, Rory certainly is not hitting on all cylinders right now, but but like but like Jordan, there is some, some positives. I think he has reestablished his driver. Yeah. To some degree, it looks like a weapon again. His iron game looks there, close. His short game's been fine. His putter was really cruising there for a while. Hasn't been great as late, but um, gosh, you know, Rory, I, you know, I love Rory watching him play. I have a, I have this, I have this thought with Rory right now, and that is, let me throw this at you, Kirk. I want to get your reaction to this with, with Rory McIlroy, who sits on the player advisory board, right? The council board. And, and Rory, in many ways, 
I think, at least from my perspective, like a lot of the players, I think, look up to Rory in the way that he handles things and the way that he articulates and the way that he communicates in front of the media, the microphone, and he just makes sense. You can tell he's very thoughtful. He's a great guy to have on that board. There's a lot of stuff happening in golf right now outside mm-hmm. of playing golf that he's being asked over and over again, the Saudi league and premier golf league and mm-hmm. you know, the rules and this and that. I mean, there's just a lot of noise that I think he's had to answer to, right. And kind of be the face and voice in many ways for the players. Do you think that weighs on him at all to some degree in his performance on the course? That's an interesting take. I mean, there's some commitment there when you're on the player advisory board. And I think, but I do think, you know, as far as the Saudi stuff, he's, he's put that to bed. Like mm-hmm. he's made a, a very definitive statement that he is not going, his legacy is the PGA tour and you know, that he has no interest in that. So I think he's, as far as questions about that, he's put it to bed. People of course want to ask him about other players that may go play over there. But I think he just basically just putting his hand up and saying, look, I don't even want to talk about it because I'm not going, I'm not interested in that. It's not part of the PGA tour. So don't ask me anymore right. about that. I think he's handled that as far as his play goes, you know, I got to say, you know, it's fun. I, I'm, I'm able to do kind of three different roles with golf channel and occasionally NBC, but a analyst or a whole announcer, sometimes I'm on the ground. And sometimes when you're on the ground and you get to walk with these guys, Rory's one of those guys, man, I can't wait to go out and walk with him. He's, he's easily one of the, the great drivers of the ball mm-hmm. in the last 15 years, 20 years. I mean, he drives it so well. And it's fun to watch. Um, and I, I agree with you. I think his driver is where he wants it. I think he's yeah. driving the ball really well. His approach, I think everything but his, for some reason, his wedge game hasn't been quite up to par this season. Last season, if you go back and look at his numbers the last couple of years, they got better. He was pretty darn good last season with his wedge play from all those different distances. I think one of the keys for him will be to wedge the ball a little bit better at Augusta. Yep. And then, you know, he's one of those guys, I, I, the putter is going to matter a lot there. It seems like Augusta, you know, I mean, you don't have to be a great putter. I mean, Bubba Watson's won there twice. And I don't think anybody, anyone considers him a great putter, but he's no. a great lag putter. So if Rory can kind of overpower that golf course a little bit and and not three putt, I think it bodes well. But the problem is, and you mentioned it, is to me it's the pressure of trying to win the career Grand Slam. And, you know, he's probably there right now, and he'll have to do a couple of media uh, spots this week before he tees it up on Thursday. And that's going to be one of the questions, you know, how much are you thinking about it? How much pressure do you feel about trying to win the career grand slam. And I think that's, to me, that's going to be the biggest hurdle for him. If he was just tee it up, let it fly and just play golf and not worry about that and not get asked about that. I think he'd have a good week. He may still have a great week, but I think there's a lot of pressure on that career grand slam. Tiger wins. It's the biggest story. We know that outside of that. Rory or Spieth wins, bigger story. I, I would think it'd be Rory, Kurgan Slam. I mean, just his popularity totally. worldwide. Yeah. Spieth's a huge he's still, name. We know that. He moves the needle he, just to he, a degree. Uh, no question. You know, even last week at, at Valero, Spieth on Sunday had probably 5,000 people following him around the golf course. And he was finishing when the leaders were just kind of getting to the third or fourth or fifth hole, you know. So 
he's very popular and as is Rory huge crowds watching mm-hmm. Rory warm up last week and then follow him around the golf course. I think it, the bigger story in my opinion would be Rory. Yeah. The career grand slam isn't something that happens every day and you've got to be really special to do that. So I think that would be the bigger story. Yeah. He missed the cut in 2021. Rory did. Then he, in the fall masters he was fifth and then you just go down 21st fifth seventh tenth fourth eighth i mean he's he's right yep. there it just feels like with rory i mean we know he's I mean, he's one of the most talented players of this generation right now and he can do things that most can't and it just seems like there's a little bit of that momentum too like he he'll get it going and then all of a sudden like he's standing in the middle of the fairway with the wedge and he'll miss the green or just something mm. like that just something like what the hell just happened you know how does a player like that make bogey from there all of a sudden i mean on thursday he made six birdies six bogeys six pars (laughs) yeah you know occasionally uh, (laughs) i feel like he occasionally struggles a little bit when it gets windy because Mm -hmm. he hits it so high Mm -hmm. um and it's a good he point. has so yeah. much speed. You know, sometimes I, I feel like he has so much speed. Now, Justin Thomas has a ton of speed, but Justin Thomas has learned how to slow his arm swing down mm-hmm. and take something off of it. It's not just put it back in your stance and trap it and knock the ball down. It, you know, Justin has learned how to hit that soft arm swing, keep the ball, the trajectory down. You know, Tiger does it so well, too. Maybe Justin Thomas has learned some of that from Tiger. But I think, you know, if the wind blows, I, I don't really think that helps Rory. No. But I also think his wedge game is going to have to – it's going to have to be better this week for him to have a chance to win. But when you drive it like he does, if he's having a great week and the confidence is sky high with the driver, I mean, the advantage he has over all of these guys that can't hit the ball that are average length, that are 295, 296 hitters, where he's hitting it up there at 315 – that's an incredible advantage over a lot of people in that field. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of good drivers in today's game. You look at some of the favorites right now, the Masters. There's Vegas is still going to hang on with John Rahm at 900, even though there's a new number one player in Scheffler. I mean, can you? Yeah. If I would have looked at you <laughs> after Scheffler, and you and I talked right before the uh, the Ryder Cup, right? That was the last time you were on the show, and. And we yeah. were debating the last spot. And I was I was all in on Burns. And I think you like Scheffler. And and then there was others that like Kisner. But at the end of the day, it came down to Scheffler and Burns for the last spot. Mm-hmm. And okay, so this is the last spot on the US team. And since then, I mean Burns has won three times in eleven months, right? Through that stretch. And Scheffler wins three times and these these two are competing for the last spot. I mean, that's how deep. U.S. Yeah. golf is. I mean, these two guys are on fire. But if I would have said to you right after Scheffler beats John Rahm on Sunday at the Ryder Cup that Scheffler would be the number one player in the world heading into Augusta, you would have said, you're crazy. I mean, you, there's no way in the world Absolutely. anybody could have thought that. I mean, just as well, we transition I mean, to until, Augusta here, the new yeah. number one player, Kurt, you're out there. Yeah. Yeah. Give us some give us some thoughts on Scotty Scheffler. Well, that's the thing. I mean, until a player actually wins on the PGA tour, you still wonder whether he's going to get the job done on Sunday, late in the afternoon with Mm -hmm. nine holes to play. (laughs) Obviously he's put that to bed completely three wins in his last five starts. The guy is a horse. Um, 
you know, the, I'm sure, you know, you're a swing instructor, you're a coach, you, you know, you probably look at that swing and say, wow, there's a lot going on. And there is, but the thing about Scotty Scheffler is he's always had such self-confidence and, you know, that's at least half the ball game. Mm-hmm. If you talk to all these guys that are hall of fame members, you know, they are the most confident people in the world. And I'm not quite saying Scheffler is going to be in the hall of fame, but what I am saying is he has that inner confidence that all of those kind of players have. He believes in himself and he's unafraid of any situation you put him in. And he owns that golf swing. He owns that golf swing. He's long. He hits it really high and he's a very good putter. And more importantly, he's a, he's a great putter under pressure. Yeah. It's just the moment never gets to him. So, you know, there's, there are a lot of players, you know, their stats are great in putting, but when you put them under pressure on a Sunday late, it doesn't show itself. But with Scheffler, it just really all parts of his game are really, really good, and he's got that inner confidence. Every situation you put him in, no matter what the situation pressure was, he's handled it. He's he showed us how good he is. Yep. Yeah, three wins. I thought Phoenix, he won it with his driver and his putter. He was dominant off the tee. His putter was good. Then Arnold Palmer, I thought he won it. I thought he won it with his irons were good, um, really good. And then his short game, you know, he had to have some key up and downs there. And then the match Arnold play, Palmer, I thought it was just hey, like hey, you said, it was at, situation. At Arnold Palmer, he just persevered almost better than anyone else. Yeah, that golf course grind. was so hard and the rough mm-hmm. was so deep. And he just... That again, just never let it get to him. He just mm-hmm. kept doing his thing, hitting great shots. But still, you know, a lot of players, they kind of let it get to him mentally at uh, the Arnold Palmer. So he didn't. He is really tough mentally. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I, I, my question for him was, is is he an elite iron player? And, and I'll tell you, he has been this year. I mean, he has mm. really been an elite iron player. You know how important the approach game is on tour. Mm-hmm. I think he's an underrated short game player. I think he's a really good putter. We know he can be dominant with the driver. And now you add positive eight approach at Arnold Palmer. <laughs> like, yeah, forget it. I yeah, mean, that's, he's a, yeah, you're, he's you're a you horse, got a handful man. of that kid. You know, and I'll never forget uh, John Fields, who's the coach at the University of Texas, coach yep. of the golf team there. He was my roommate in, in college at the University of New Mexico. And, mm. and way back when Scheffler you know, was freshman, sophomore. I remember talking to John, we were doing some call. I was doing some college golf, obviously golf channel still doing a lot of college golf, but we got to know these guys a little bit. And I asked him about Scheffler and he said, in a match play situation, whoever the other team's best player is, whoever that guy is on the other team, their best player, it doesn't matter who's playing, what, how they're playing on my team. Scheffler gets that guy every time, like no matter what, their best player that's who Scheffler's going to play mm. because he he said man he just in those big moments he steps up so that was kind of an early indicator of where this guy was and how tough he was mentally all right well, let's talk about tiger we got to talk about tiger here he's there what what percent do you give him that he's going to make it to thursday what's the percentage he's going to tee it man. up game time <laughs> decision he says well, the fact that he hasn't withdrawn yet, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's 50-50. I think, okay. you know, he's probably going to walk nine holes today. He'll probably maybe try to play 18 holes yesterday. I haven't heard what his plan is as far as practice rounds go. 
nine holes this afternoon is the rumor. There you go. So nine holes today. Maybe he gives it an 18-hole practice round tomorrow to see where his yep. injuries, his legs, how he's walking, because it's all going to come down to that. It's not yep. for Tiger. If he can walk, he knows. Yeah. You know, no one's better at Augusta yeah. National than him, right? So yeah. it, it, it doesn't really matter, I think, swing-wise and how he's hitting it or how he's putting the ball. It's all going to come down to can he walk these early rounds, see where he's at, and then does he have confidence that he can walk four straight days and not let that be a problem? Like that can't be a problem for him because when he tees it up, he expects to play well. And, he, you know, of course, he's always said, I expect to win. So – it's going to all come down to that health. He's down to 50 to one right now in DraftKings. He's, I think I saw 80 earlier. Now he's down to 50. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, gosh, it's master's week. It's going to be great with or without him. Um, but man, oh, that would man, be, a, yeah. that would be a punch to the stomach. If he woke up on Wednesday and was like, man, I just, my body, it's just not ready. I'd be. Can you imagine? Can oh. you imagine if he tees it up on Thursday? The just the oh. energy and the crowd and how, I mean, the other players seeing him warm up and just the whole atmosphere around the first tee at Augusta National. Yeah. If he walks to the first tee and says, "Okay, I'm good to go. go, I'm going," yep. it'll be incredible. Boy, it'd be fun to be there and be around that that atmosphere and that energy that you would feel. Mm-hmm. Well, sets up good for him now. A little cut. Tiger's always struggled with the first tee shot, though. That's always been kind of his thing. Like he'll he'll pull it left into the trees and kind of work himself into the round, and then you know, then then off he goes. Been he'll 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 groove out a be you know one under. That'd be nice Thursday, and then depending on how he's feeling, it's a different Tiger. Like he hasn't played. We know coming off the uh, in or coming off the wreck. 14 months now. So it's just amazing. He's there. We're talking about it. Um, he's, if he doesn't play the Masters, then we, one would think he certainly would be ready for the PGA, which is the next month. But it'd be great to see mm-hmm. him get to that first tee and give it a go on Thursday. All right, let's have a little fun here before we finish up here. Got the odds. Okay. I'm going to give you three guys. We're going right down the going right down the odds boards here. We each got to pick one. So we'll, stop, we'll start up top. Rom's 9-1. to one. Scheffler's 12-1. to one. Justin Thomas is 14 to one. If you had to pick one of those three to win the masters, where are you going? It's that's really a tough one, obviously (laughs) with three favorites. (laughs) I, I, you know, I I have to say every time John Rom tees it up, I'm, I'm usually in his camp because just the all around game that he has, there just aren't any holes in his game. The way Scheffler has been playing, it's hard not to like him. Plus, uh, you know, he's a a high ball hitter. I, and he plays well in the wind. So that's a good combination. Justin Thomas, man, yeah. he's just a, he's stone cold. If he gets going, he just wants to step on everybody's neck. And it's a tough one, but I'm going to go with John Rom. Who you have? Going with Rom. I tell you, I tell you, of those three, I certainly didn't see Shuffler winning three times in five weeks. I, I mean, yes, let's win once. All right, I'll give you two, but three? Now he's a number one player in the world. Like I'm trying to digest all of that. Still to this mm-hmm. point. The other thing I would have never believed you is that John Rom can't get the ball up and down. You know, his short game, his putting is not what it used to be right now. He's struggling um, with that. And it's been going on really for the whole part of the year. I, I'm, I'm going to go Scheffler. 
You know, I can't okay. believe I'm saying that. I'm going to go Scheffler. He's got two top 20s the times he's played there. He's clearly the best player of the three coming in. I've got to allow myself to believe that at this point. I know what Rom's capable of. I know what, how much of a competitor JT is. And he was so impressive at the players getting the, the bad end of that stick and played really, really well. Oh, man. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Scheffler. Let's, let's go to these next three. I mean, Cameron Smith, speaking of guys that probably don't get pushed up that pedestal enough, he's 14. DJ is 16. A lot of people, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people liking Brooks at 20 to 1. Where would you go with those three? Smith, DJ, Kepka. Again, uh, it's really tough. I will, I will give you a little nugget on Cam Smith. So okay. at Valero last week, sitting at a table, having, you know, a couple of beers and, and a couple of players there and, I brought up a question. I said, uh, you know, for you guys right now, under pressure, trying to win a tournament, who's the best putter on tour? And the answer was Cam Smith. Mm -hmm. So, and there's a lot of great putters on the PGA Tour, but they both said, hey, it's Cam Smith. Mm -hmm. So I love Cam Smith that he can putt that well. Um, Oh, man. I kind of like how Dustin Johnson sort of starting to play better. He's starting to look like DJ of old. Brooks as well. I put Brooks in that same category, sort of trending in the right direction. Because DJ's won there before, among those three, I'm going to go with him. He has a win at Augusta National. He's proven that he can handle the pressure of winning that tournament, so I'm going to go with DJ. You know, I, I thought a long and hard about Cameron Smith at the players when in, on the show, and we talked about him, and that he's becoming a really good iron player, his short game we know is good, and we know the guy's one of the best putters on the planet. And I just could not get myself to pull the trigger because I was like, I, I, he, he doesn't drive it straight enough for TPC. He just he hits too many foul balls. And sure enough, he loses 5.2 at the players. He lost five strokes off the tee, Kurt, and won. <laughs> His short game is crazy, too. Like, like. I'm not sure there's anybody on tour that has a better short game right now. Like short game putting. I get it. Like, but I I just, I know he's gonna, and and, and like to win. And he still hit it all over the place and won (laughs) off the tee. So, I mean, he gets anything out of his driver. And of course he's going to have more room at Augusta and Augusta is a great spot for him. I mean, it really is because he's got room off the tee and we know he's played well there. But I'm going to go with you. I like DJ. I'm a homer, though, for DJ. So I'm just like, if I see any spark out of DJ, I'm on it. Like, that's that's my guy. And yeah, I've always said peak DJ. If if Dustin Johnson's focused and Rory McIlroy's focused, those are the two guys I'm going to sit down, turn the TV on, watching the whole time. Tiger's Tiger. He's on his own stratosphere. Those are the two guys when I when they're you got their attention, I'm watching. And I think DJ's coming around. Him beating Brooks in match play, he would never say anything to you, but that had to mean something a little bit right there. I mean, that oh, was, yeah. That was peak DJ for he, – he's he's coming around. So I'm with you there. All right, here we go. Xander, 20 to 1. This, this is a good group. Xander, 20. Victor, 20. Morikawa, 20. Oh, oh man. I crossed – I crossed Shoffley out. He's – That is tough. <clears throat> I love – I love Shoffley, but I – not I'm going to go with Vic. I'm, I'm going to go with Victor. Are you really? I think Vic. Yeah, wow, I'm going to go with. Me. I'm going to go with Victor Hovland. Right. I, I just he's. I think he's one of those guys that has it. Has what it takes. 
inside. He's very positive mentally. He's got a great attitude. I, there's nothing not to like there. If Morikawa maybe had played just a little bit better here recently, I, yeah. I, I, I would probably go with Morikawa just because we know he can get the job done in a major championship. So I am going to go a little bit long shot there in that group, and I'm going to go with Hovland. At Augusta, here's a question for you. Would you rather – what worries you more, a guy that struggles with his short game or struggles with his putting? I'm going to go putting just yep. because of how severe the greens are at Augusta National and okay. how difficult it is to go around there every day and not have a couple three putts. It is They're just so tough to putt. Mm. Um, and I think it, back to Brooks, I think, again, Brooks, it'll be sort of the putter. I think his mental approach to, yeah. to majors really helps Brooks. He feels like before he tees it up on Thursday, he's already eliminated half the field because they mm-hmm. can't win a major championship. That, In his mind, that's the way he believes. So, um, But I do believe putting is more important probably than short game there. Um, short yeah. game, they, they sort of go hand in hand a little mm-hmm. bit. But yeah, I, I agree. I think the putting. putting, I mean, I've never played it, but just watching it and walking, it just the putting is, is crazy. Those yeah. greens are crazy. Let, let's finish with this. I've been to, how many times have you played the course, Kurt? Well, I played the tournament once. Uh, okay. My brother and I both, both won one in 1989 and we both played the masters together in 1990. So I played multiple practice rounds and then I played it was a short stay. I played two days. Yeah. By the way, I think I three putted. I think I had seven, six or seven three putts in two days. So <laughs> <laughs> I was a terrible putter. And so Augusta National did not set up well for me. <laughs> so when you, if for, for those that are listening and watching and they've never been to Augusta and they're watching on TV, if you had to pick out one or two things that, man, the TV just doesn't do it justice. I mean, for me, when I go there and I stand on top of the hill and look down at 18, like the 18th green is small. Mm-hmm. It's not that big. It, yeah. it, you know, and it's like, but the TV makes it look so damn grand. It's like, how in the world could you ever miss that green? But it's yeah. not really that big. And then of course the slope, the up and down of, of the slope. And that number three green is the most, it's the craziest green in the world. It's crazy. You know, and I think that's the thing that, you know, TV, unless they bring a handheld camera down to mm-hmm. a lower level, sort of green height, or, you know, they get some of those creative low shots where you can see how much undulation and how mm-hmm. much the slope, though, the tilt on some of those greens, it's just, it's, it's nuts. I mean, it's nuts. I mean, you almost wonder when they built that, you know, however long ago that that was that they built that, you know, the greens back then, you see some of that old black and white video and guys are putting. And the greens were running, you know, eight or nine. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, they are just, they are really, really tough. What a challenge. Yeah. It's going to be fun. This it's, um, wow. Time's flying. Here we are. Augusta, April, just like that. We're right into the bulk of the season. I think I heard you guys say on golf channel, we're we're halfway through the season right now. Yeah. And, um, so we've got halfway to go. We've got four major championships and then we, we roll right into the playoffs and then we got the President's Cup, which is going to be spirited this year. The President's Cup, the international team um, is looking better. So I always appreciate you coming on, and I enjoy listening to you on the Golf Channel. I know we text here and there, and 
you always give me some insight. So I, uh, I appreciate your time, bud. Enjoyed it, Travis. Anytime. All right. Have a great week.